0: So, welcome back. This is series two of Blazing Business Trails. My name is Sarah Paul, and we'll be discussing the challenges and issues for leaders in the professional, legal, real estate, recruitment, and educational services.
1: And my name is Corvindahari. Each week, we'll invite industry experts, analysts, and people from the business services sector onto our podcast to get their insights, perspectives, and learnings.
0: So, Kali, this week we spoke to two wonderful guests. We've got Martin Corey regional vice president at Salesforce, and James Addison, UK head of operations at JLL. What would you say were the highlights from our chat?
1: Yeah, I think three things come to mind, Sarah. Um, one was about sustainability and the importance yep. of sustain- sustainability as, as we move forward, as you know, as we try and improve the environment as a whole uh, around the globe. Um, secondly was about uh, employee well-being. And yep. thirdly was, you know, our organisations going to go back, you know, to what, we might have experienced in the past, which is regional based offices to allow people to drop in and out as needed. As you and I both know, we've onboarded and we've had zero social interaction, you know, face to face with any of our colleagues, and that's something that we've both missed. Um, but yeah, they, they were the three things that I, I think uh, came top of mind for me during that session.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't just affect uh, real estate, it's for all organisations as well, especially those in business services. So there's so much to like. Here's our chat with Martin and James. So welcome, James and Martin.
2: Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having us.
1: James, let's talk a little bit around uh, JLL. You've got a reimagined programme methodology framework for helping customers get back into the workplace can you maybe start there what's what's jll's approach what's the thinking
2: really you know when we look at reimagine um we are looking at ourselves and supporting our clients in terms of how they can get back into back into the office for sure but it's it, it's more than that it, it's more about how the office has changed covid as we all know has you know irreversibly changed the way in which we look at the places we work in workplace and workspace uh, as as is the title of this podcast Um, and the office itself has changed in its importance no longer is it somewhere that we will just turn up to nine to five and be chained to our desk now it's going to be about well I'll come into the office for those moments that matter I'll, I'll come into the office for those moments when I can't work from home for when I need to collaborate with my members for when I need to attend those meetings that are just so difficult to do from home uh, and 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 employers will need to do so much more to attract their people back into the offices they'll need to be looking at their offices as ways of engaging with their staff in in putting across their brand and their values and a attra- and attracting talent in a way that they haven't had to do before and and really you know a really increasing focus on well-being on health and unsustainability, which has really come through this pandemic, it's accelerated trends that were already ongoing, but really they're moving at such a quick rate. We we think about reimagine both both in terms of our of our occupiers, so our clients who uh, use space, but also in terms of our investors, those who invest in space, and and really our reimagine campaign is speaking to to both of them. We're looking at this in terms of the way in which the office has changed and the experience that it gives employees, but, but also in terms of the value of, 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 of the office as, as, as well. Um, it goes beyond offices, for sure you know the, the the pandemic has been uh an accelerated uh, that paradigm shift in terms of what we're seeing uh, from retail all the way to industrial the huge shift in e-commerce has meant that uh, demand for industrial space has absolutely skyrocketed there's record breaking numbers of investment in the leasing and, uh, of le- leasing and investment in the industrial space so so it's a, 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 an all encompassing campaign if i think about what we're focusing on at JLL currently and, and going beyond our clients for a sec our immediate focus is really helping people to get through this 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 next period uh, of lockdown. Um I don't know if you've you've all seen uh, but but it's just been announced that the school closure will extend now through till March. That's incredibly challenging for 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 all all staff who have caring responsibilities and who are working parents. And so at the minute, it's about, you know, providing uh, the support that those working parents need in order to take the time that they require to support their children through through this process. It's, it's, uh, I've got a 22-month-old daughter myself, and we've been dealing with spells of isolation, with childcare options, having to flex. Uh, my colleagues have got incredibly used to uh, watching uh, my daughter on my lap or hearing, hey, Dougie, in the background or, you know, uh, watching me try and fend <laughs> her off with blueberries uh, as, yeah. as as we try and get get through meeting to meeting. It's it's an unbelievable time
1: thanks for that insight james i'm just going to just going to bring martin in here martin i think i think we'll all feel that this second lockdown has hit us a lot harder than the first one what what have you experienced and what have your team have experienced and how has salesforce helped you and the team over the last 6 weeks 7 weeks and what are we what are we thinking about going forward
3: so yeah i think i think the second lockdown was we perhaps needed it in terms of so when James is talking about right how we're we going to reimagine the workspace. You know, I I remember you know in lockdown one, you know, almost a year ago now, is I remember talking to the team and I was just saying, look, if if we can show that we're as productive uh, working from home, then the demand to go into the office isn't going to be great and there was that novelty factor of of working from home and uh, and thankfully with you know Salesforce using our own technology we were able to to pivot incredibly quickly and allow us to work from home but also for me as a manager I was able to to monitor the the productivity of the team and then but then yeah you know, and I also remember you know when when we were in lockdown in back in March uh, last year it was you know we said to the team right? And, and I ran a little book and I was like right, when are we when are we going to come back into the office and when are we going to have a drink in in the uh, in the companies um in in the uh, in the bar at the uh, underneath the tower and you know you'd be surprised to hear that I was the most pessimistic and I said oh we'll be we'll be having a beer in September and so you know and we've kept the book running but we've just added another year to it all and and so it's Nobody, nobody foresaw this happening and for the length of time. And then suddenly it's, it's not work from home becomes, yes, there are a huge amount of positives to it, but, and James spoke about it, people are, people are craving going back into the office. But then what does that look like? Because you want to go back into the office, but you want to go back into the office because you miss that, you miss that office culture. Well, if everyone's thinking, well actually hang on a second, I can I only want to go into the office two days a week, how do you monitor that? How do you how do you control that? And I think that's gonna be a huge challenge as well um, going forward, because I only want to go back into the office if if I know the rest of my team and and my peers are gonna be in the office. It's you know, I'm sure we've all been in the office on a on a friday afternoon and it's and it's a fairly quiet place it's a you know, town and
1: no one's there right? yeah, you,
3: you know you only want to be in the office when when you have that buzz so can we recreate that buzz um and then going on to your question how's how salesforce how salesforce helped me i think one in terms of the platform obviously we use our own technology so we're able to seamlessly move from an office-based culture to to work from home and and as i said me as a manager i'm able to to monitor how how well the team is working and with with our various communication platforms as well we're, we're able to um monitor the the well-being as well of my immediate employees so it's um i think that's been crucial but you know where we're where we're going and and james spoke about the the empowered employee now and the wellness part of it is going to be coming really to the fore it's it's not just it's not just because we feel we ought to be looking after our staff but there's there's a productivity side to it as well and um and it's maintaining and it's maintaining that motivation through it all and so i think we can all look at the the big ideas of working from home and this hybrid working conditions, but alongside that has got to be the, um, the the employee wellness as well, and and I think with you know what Salesforce have done exceptionally well is is allowed us to to monitor that.
0: James, would you say that's really now the class as the new normal? I know it's a bit of a cliche word. Is that the new normal? Are you seeing that elsewhere? Are you experiencing that at, at JLL as well?
2: I, I mean, we, we've been operating in a in a work anywhere you know position for some time. Um, clearly, the, the the huge shift over COVID was that everyone was almost forced to work in that in that remote working environment. So. You know, as 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 an experiment, I mean, uh, from working in real estate, uh, you know, the amount of insight that we've been able to gain in terms of people's resilience and 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 employers' ability to 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 really see and and witness their employees' reaction to that way of working is has has been you know has been something that we can therefore all, all learn a great deal from. Um, you know, if I think about our own our, our own teams and what they're telling us, you know, there is still nervousness about coming back into the office, um, but that will pass. Um, there's nervousness about us, you know, uh, gathering in large groups socially. There's nervous, you know, there is nervous, there, there is nervousness across across society now, and, and it'll only be when we get through the next period of vaccination that I think that will start to subside, but it will subside. And when it does subside, you are going to see a combination of things. You're going to see people who will want to return back to the office full time. They, they've missed the office so desperately. They will want to can work in exactly the way as they were before. You're going to get people who don't want to come back at all it's worked out really well for them that they that they are working from home they enjoy that flexibility uh, they've got a great setup from home and for them they wouldn't they would they wouldn't change that way of working the majority will be somewhere between the two and and what we need to be able to do is match what employees are are looking for in terms of that flexibility and and where we've looked at where we've looked at our our staff it's People really enjoying the lack of commute. I, for one, love my commute. By the way, and I'm and I'm being serious there. I get, <laughs> oh my it's, goodness! It's easily my most productive time. I'm one of the few people that get a seat on the train. Wow. I can absolutely blast through ten emails. Um, and and it helps me to kind of draw that distinction between work and work and home. So uh, I'm one of the few. But but on the on the whole, people are are uh, around 40% of our people uh, told us that they wanted a, a re- reduced commute. Um, There are people who uh, have really enjoyed the the increased flexibility in their hours and the increase in work-life balance. Equally, the, the number one thing that people are missing about the office is engagement with their colleagues. And so having tested the the, the best of both worlds, people will want both of those things. They will want that increased flexibility, but they will also want the opportunity to come into an office, which is why when you do come into that office and you do come together, uh, that's when we need to make it as a collaborative experience as possible. You need to enable that experience so that you can work across teams who are both in the office and at home. So technology is going to play a huge amount of part. Investment in how you construct that workspace so that it allows for greater collaboration than there than, than might be you know a higher desk proportion at the minute a- and also the location of that office as well you know as, as as you you know you look at your office spaces in terms of you know more of a, a hub and spoke or a hub and club uh, model so so there's a huge amount of data that, that we've been able to gather just want to pick up on martin's point there as well in terms of how 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 you can facilitate and gather some of that data something we've been looking at at the minute is a, a partnership uh, with with uh, art health. Which is all around um, uh, well-being and, and, and performance, and really looking at how technology can help you know drive insight into uh, productivity, uh, and that's a combination of wearable technology so that I can understand what people's you know uh, well well-being and and and, and fitness and activities looking like, cognitive testing so that we can understand where people are most productive and have their highest sort of cognitive output. Uh, pulse surveys so that we can understand uh, how people are feeling on a far more frequent basis and also building sensors. So that if you were able to set that up across three workspaces, um, that you'd be able to actually, you know, test and, and, and assess where people are are happiest working, where people are most productive and, and at their, their sort of highest cognitive output. So, you know, I think technology and the role that data will play in how we come back to offices, how we use then that insight to help shape what our office needs to look like and, and turn dials up and down, um, is, is really so critical to, to how we come back come back to the office um certainly when we all come back in uh that that won't be how it looks in the next six months in the next year in the next five years we're going to need to continue to adapt and and allow ourselves that agility and flexibility uh, as as we hone this model
3: Yeah, i think that's sorry if i can jump in you know and there is going to be you know we're all looking for these definitive answers and nobody's got them because we don't know what um you know, James mentioned about the nervousness about going back into the office you know that's going to be that's going to be crucial first off you need to the um, actual going into the office the so the workforce management first off are you safe commuting in because um, you know you it's all very well having having the the technology and the and the workforce management tools once everyone's in the office and in terms of making sure everyone's keeping their space, but you've still got to get from your, from your house where, <laughs> you know, we've all felt pretty safe for, um, for a number of months now. And then it's, well, we've got to get from here into, into the office. So that, you know, there's that, and, it, and it's having, and it's having that flexibility and it's also then making sure that when they do come into the office, there is that collaboration and there is that collaborative environment because you know there's there's a danger, you know, we don't know what what restrictions are gonna come in, you know, when we are allowed to reopen and, and get into the office. And so it's okay, what does what do the first couple of months look like? And then what do what do months four five six seven then look like and, and and I think it's being able to have that that flexibility and you know when we talk about when we talk about the platform you've got to be you've got to be agile you've got to be flexible and you've got to be able to have um, be innovative as well just because I think the the demands of of your company's employees are going to be changing so drastically over over the next year or so
0: no, I completely agree, James. I mean, are, are old habits um, going to be resurfaced at all?
2: I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be very challenging for old habits to resurface in, in in the same way as they were before. I think you know you'll you'll always get those 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 firm and ground in opinions of, of of a small few, but I think in general, you know, the the way of working has changed fundamentally, and it's 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 a paradigm shift. I mean, it, I mean, it completely is. Um, you know, in in general, it is this new way of working around flexibility and and it's going to continue to flex as we get back into the office totally agree with martin you know it's it's going to look and feel different as we as we go through 20 21 22 and even you know 23 just as we all start to hone hone this model um yes there will be old habits that that that, that come in for some but for the majority I, I think we've been in this period for so long that i think some of those old habits will be will be hard to even even recollect
3: but then I do feel and you mentioned it earlier that people do crave what you know their old habits, and it's you know so it'd be very interesting just where it's going to go from you know i've got a i've got a two hour commute which when i 'm doing it four or five days a week is horrific and it 's such a drain, but now it's well you know what you know when you talk about your commute it's you know that's that's almost a yes. You're working, but it is also that separation between between work and home, and and it it's things like that which which people are actually missing. So there is a, you know, I'm actually looking forward to the time when I can jump on the train and get back into and get back of into London. Of and, course, and, and of course.
2: And Oh, but the thing I, is- I totally agree. It's the best. I mean, how I view that is it is people will want the best of both worlds. They will want the, You know, Martin, I'm sure you'll do your commute for a week and you'll go. I'm exhausted I can't how did I ever manage doing four hours of commuting a day and and it'll be the same with me I'll be going you know by the end of Thursday I'll be going I cannot wait to work from home today um uh you know there's other silver linings that we take away from working from home which are which sometimes are difficult to spot until you're then back into you know thinking about old ways of working I have spent so much more time with my family, as a result of this period, uh, I've seen my daughter take her first steps. I've heard her say her first words. Uh, you know, before lockdown, I was lucky if I saw her in the morning. Lucky if I saw her in the evening. It would be the weekend when I'd be when I'd be trying to have that level of connection. So, you know, there are, there are some huge silver linings I think that can be can be taken away from from this period.
1: James, I just want to pick up on something that you said and I just want to transverse the the conversation slightly. Yep. Are you saying that? Are you saying now that organizations may look again at satellite offices and putting in you kind of drop in offices for people in certain locations, for example, Martin and I are 30 miles apart, you know, best, you know, drive to each other's houses in 30 minutes, it'd be nice to have an office within a 30 minute 30 mile radius that we could just drive to and and chat and meet up and collaborate.
2: Uh, you know, it it it's certainly going to be one of the options that are now going to have to be revisited. That 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 hub and club model, um, where you know, uh, again coming back to what what is the office needed for? If the office is needed for collaboration, if the office is needed for uh, a, a space for you to connect with colleagues, uh, but on a far more flexible basis, then then it makes total sense to be to be looking at that as as a model. But At the end of the day, that needs to be done looking at the data, looking at the feedback, looking at what the employee sentiment is and ultimately doing the right thing to bring the employee and the employer experience expectation the the drive for productivity together um but but there'll be another op- number of options that come out and it'll differ by by employee. or different it certainly differ by uh by by individual in terms of what that picture looks like but i i you know again it comes back to this model i don't think anything should be off the table um we've we've seen such a huge shift
1: and, and that i assume ties in very nicely with your work anywhere culture right
2: yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and and for me it's not just about working anywhere it's about working well anywhere it's it's where can you be most productive where can you get the best experience and 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 again it is it is it is those best of both worlds that that that, that you'll see there'll be there'll be times when it absolutely makes sense to work from home there'll be times when it absolutely makes sense to be you know work, working from your from your main corporate office there'll be times when working from a from a smaller location a third work, workplace might make, might make you know, most sense it'll be down to the individual. Be down to what you've got on on that day. It'll be down to the role, the role you do. It's it's that role and uh, it's that employer looking at the role, the employee looking at their own circumstance. Those two converging that will that will drive some of that.
3: But uh, you know, th- there's there's the other side to it. Although it's the onboarding, and you know, for instance, you know, Sarah, your story. You know, you haven't. You know, I've been working with you for the best part of That's the right. year, but but I've never been in the same room we've, we've never we've never <laughs> met properly so there's <laughs> no, there's, exactly. there's that bit as well and that forces its own challenges and it's the and it's the constant learning and and onboarding and and that part as well which which I think has been you know everyone's making their their best attempts at but there's nothing then when you if you're a new employee to actually be meeting people face to face to be going out socializing with them so you actually get to know the real person as well which makes which brings its own challenges
2: yeah i I totally agree and 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 look i think it's been really really amazing to see how companies have been able to bring in new talent um with jell we've we've introduced a number of, uh, or we've onboarded a number of new sort of CEOs in 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 Germany, in Italy. We're expecting our own uh, uh, CEO Stephanie Hyde coming from PwC in April. Uh, we've got a new EMEA CEO of Markets, Andy Poppink, who's just joined us, you know, in Zurich from from uh, from California. So so you know, companies are able to attract talent in in this time. And one of the things we had to look at when we were Uh, in in the first lockdown was we've never actually onboarded someone remotely before. So we had to suddenly look at how we can build laptops out of people's homes. We had some IT technicians with laptops on their kitchen tables as they were trying to build them, couriering them out, scheduling appointments to have one-to-one appointments in terms of onboarding those people. Is that an experience that 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 you know we might continue? Well, there's elements of that process that have actually worked better than the previous process when we when we were in the office.
1: And Sarah, but, and, but, Sarah, you but, and I have experienced that, right? I mean, we've, right, we've, absolutely. We've absolutely um, experienced that.
2: But 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 what you're missing out on, I totally agree with Martin. Is the the workplace as as an employer's opportunity to get those get the brand and get the values across to, to some of those new joiners, and to 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 meet socially and informally with a whole range of people it's it's really difficult to build rapport on 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 teams on zoom it's really difficult to to have those water cooler moments as i know we've all been talking about over the past 9 months uh, uh, over teams over over zoom it just doesn't happen so so there's a level, level of informality that, that we are missing from our office expe- experience.
1: I mean, I would, James, I would say I've, I've kind of been robbed of my first day experience. Yeah. So I think you'd probably concur with this, right? You know that when you rock up to the office for the very, very first time, and it's like going to school for the very first day, and you're being shown around the floor, and here's where the toilets are, and here's where the coffee machine is, and here's your laptop, here's your here's your notebook, and here's your pen. And There must be other people in the UK that have onboarded who've got an employee badge that have never, ever use the employee badge haven't taken the lanyard out
3: i think that's long now as well i've got no idea where mine is
1: <laughs> where is your badge
0: <laughs> i think cully and i when we go to the officer for the first time i think we can almost start over again with introducing ourselves because people have different perceptions of how tall you are etc so yeah am i tall am i short you will never know martin cully and james <laughs>
3: just on that if I can just to label that point because when we're talking around then getting the most out of out of your employees and and the workforce there's there's a key part to being together you know and and I've seen it as well that you know the challenges of working from home it becomes and certainly when I'm monitoring the productivity of the team a lot of it is is numbers based on on the dashboards which i'm seeing and it's something which is really tangible but when you actually the way you get the best out of an individual is is when they're really emotionally bought in to to the journey and and there's and you get something extra from from them which no dashboard will ever show and it's and that's where you need that team environment and and i wonder james i've have you ever have you seen a a difference a change in the productivity based on um you know how you actually how you're monitoring um the team's productivity
2: i would say certainly we are observing that that it's that we've we've had some fantastic outputs throughout this period if i think about what we've achieved with our uk board Despite being a lockdown entirely remotely, we've been able to set and, and we're about to relaunch a, a new strategy and, and and before we would never have been able to conceive of being able to form a, a, a refresh of our UK strategy remotely before in, in, in any scenario. I, I think it's it's this this you know new way of working has pushed us to realize that we are able to work in in these new and different ways in terms of our of our productivity though there are always those scenarios where you know that you would be able to get through something quicker had you been face to face it it all, often feels to me like we feel like we need to schedule these these 1 hour sessions these 2 hour sessions and actually if you were face to face you were in a small group or even not even needing a meeting you would just talk to someone over over the, over the desk and and test something with someone, you know, in a in a thirty second conversation that that otherwise you'd be scheduling a a, a half an hour catch up for. Um, the long hours culture, I think, is is really one that we've all got to watch out for as well. I think that's certainly something that you know, speaking anecdotally to to, to a number of colleagues, you know, both within JLL and outside, because you're you've no longer got that uh, commute separation coming back to the commute again. Um, uh, and and because we we all know that we've all got very very little to do from a, from a social perspective, we just push the boundaries with with one another, and, and, and we start to encroach into the eight a.m. calls, the seven a.m. calls, the six p.m. calls, the seven p.m. calls, and and it just naturally extends everyone's day. You throw into that mix, then you know uh, uh, homeschooling and, and childcare and, and other caring responsibilities and, and people's days have just extended um, uh, to, to an unbelievable extent. So, you know, I think this is this is one of the other reasons why getting back to that hybrid model works. Um, I think that one of the other things that speaks to is actually who's been really successful in, in dealing with this new way of working and I think it's the people who have been able to be really rigorous and structured about their time. Um, if I think about some of the, some of the uh, leaders in our business. Um, and and some of my colleagues you know those who are able to be very structured around 45 minute meetings i need those breaks between meetings in order to fresh in order to take a step away those people who are very clear about when it is they're doing homeschooling when it is they they're taking their exercise when it is they're taking a, a walk around the block te- making sure you take those lunch breaks so it's those people that have been able to be really structured you know very firm and uh, and uh, around their days and around how they handle their time that i think have probably been been most successful
1: that's an interesting point James because we've been talking internally about an individual's operating model when does an individual work at their best right so understanding that now is becoming paramount right so productivity and understanding an individual's momentum and when they are going to give you that high level of productivity is absolutely critical because it's pointless putting calls in at the back end of the day when that individual's mind's off thinking of other things right
2: Oh, I completely agree. You know, if I think about, um, you know, a number of my colleagues, they are agreeing, uh, homeschooling and childcare, uh, but with with their with their other halves, and so they are, you know, having to take three four hours out of the day at certain times so so i know that you know i if i if i drop them a text or drop them a message at those times that i'll get a a, a very quick response and, and 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 i'll be distracting them from from what they need to be doing concentrating in that time so so try and avoid it as much as possible equally you know uh it's it's now you know some colleagues i know who are working till 10 11 at at, at night um because that's how they're at that's how they are working at their, their best and that's how they are structuring their day around around this period you take the homeschooling piece element out of it and and we, and we think about what things will, will look like in the future of course there will be people who work some weird and wonderful hours because that just that just works for them and and that, and that is one of the benefits of them being able to work from home and in a hybrid environment that they're able to you know take time out to to spend time with the family but you know where, where does that then lead you to in terms of trust because I think that's you know one of the big elements that that, that really makes the hybrid model work is 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 trust and and, and throughout all this we need to have a, a high level of trust in our employees and we need to have a high degree of communication with our employees just in terms of agreeing what those, what those working practices look like but a level of trust that the output will get done. And uh, presenteeism and you know showing up to the office and being there 9 to 5 is, is, is no longer going to be the acceptable way of working. It is going to be the output and it is going to be me knowing my team's uh, ways of working individually. And, and and trusting that that, that that works for them and that they will be where they need to be and that they will do the hours they need to do in order to get their, the, the, the output delivered.
0: Yeah, I guess you're in the same boat, aren't you, Martin? You've got a quite a big team and trust is uh, a big value at, at Salesforce as well. Let's, go, let's go, go on to the future. You touched on future, James, but Martin, what, what do you see the future of the workplace looking like, say, like in about um, two years' time? I think
3: without... I'm not a politician, so I can say we don't know, um, and I think it's really important, you know, as as James has as brilliantly explained, you know, this is this is where we could potentially go, and this is where, but there are there are so many there are so many blocks and hurdles to to jump over between now and then. We don't know, but we can take our we can take our best guesses, but you know, we've probably spoken too much about being able to be flexible and agile and innovative just say well you know what this is what we think it's going to look like and we can put in plans and processes in place to accommodate that but we also must realize that something can come out and completely blindside us and then we have to change again so I I think you know, where are we and where are we planning as a as a business? Yes, it is this it is this hybrid model. We are sociable creatures and so we do want to have some time in the office and some time with our team and to be able to be social and we need to have that collaborative space and that environment which which James again spoke about right at the start. So we need to have that. But then you know I, I just feel we there's a couple of words you know we just need to be more accepting of the individual and and the power then shifts to the employee as opposed to where it has been the employer what you know when we talk about where is the, where are where are the big shifts that we're seeing well in in consumer it's 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 gone to it's it's gone to the consumer in you know even in even in construction, the power's then going to, going to the client. And then in, in the workforce, then more of the power is coming to the employee. And then as, as big corporations, they need to be able to say, well, this is what, you know, we have got to be flexible, but able to adapt and accept that everyone is as an individual as opposed to a collective.
1: Yeah, a question for both Martin and, and James as you as you lead high powered individuals, right? I mean, part of this working from home and and, and James you alluded to it, is you know you got to be seen to be in the office to progress your career. How does how does people's career progressions look in this new world? I mean, you, you're not going to see them as often. You know, the the people making the decisions around whether people get salary increases and promotions are is going to be reduced somewhat to an extent. So how do we motivate and empower these individuals to continue to be successful with their careers.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean again, I, I come back to the, the statement I made before: the presentee- presenteeism is 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 dead. Uh, I I don't think that that is now going to feature in in, and and nor should it have previously featured um, in terms of how people progress in their careers. Uh, ultimately, people's careers should be about. You know the qualities that they that they display and the output that they produce, uh, and and if and if they align with with the roles that they are shooting for in their career, then there shouldn't be an issue of whether they are you know in the office eighty percent twenty percent of their time or or, or, or or none of the time at all. Um, I think the sort of qualities that, that that are are critical that with with you know uh, how people will then you know react as as we go forward is that ability to be. To be agile, to flex the way they work, it is going to be their ability to, you know, care for their colleagues and care for their teams. I think I think well-being will be uh, an incredibly vital part of the way in which people's careers progress. Those who are able to demonstrate that they are able to to look after themselves and and and, and understand their own their own. Um, uh limitations and 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 their own needs in in terms of driving their own productivity and and those who get the best out of their team, as I said earlier, this is about trust this is about communication but but it's about output as well and those who are delivering regardless of where they of where they are physically located i think i think will be will be really really critical um I just want to pick up as well on on the question sarah that you you raised before before cully, which was around where things are. Where things are headed in, in 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 the future, and I think you know there are. Whilst whilst of course none, none of us have a crystal ball in terms of understanding you know what 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 things will look like and what's around the corner. What we do know is that we've got certain themes that have just been growing and growing, uh, and trends which have just been accelerated by COVID, and I don't think are going away. You know, sustainability. As a, as, a, as a broader sense, you know, is 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 I think going to dominate the the real estate market going forwards real estate market's been you know heavily resilient over the dot-com gfc and it'll be resilient through through this crisis as well but it's it's one of those themes and trends that come out of this crisis that will then start to shape what the market looks like going forwards and and and, and, and for me and for us at jll it is around sustainability and that's broader than the environmental aspect although that's absolutely critically important as we help and look at our own um, uh, our own and our clients' net zero carbon commitments. We've got COP26 at the end of this year, and 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 that will be extremely pertinent to to an, uh, a number of our clients and, and those who aren't clients in, in looking at their own ambitions. Um, but it goes broader than that sustainability. It's around the fair and just society. It is around improving the health and the health and the well-being of our communities. and it's about how, how the office, the workplace, the workspace, the employee experience is shaped around that in order to generate the most value in order to do the right thing for our environment and for our planet, in order to do the right thing for our people and, and to, to have healthier, happier people um i think i think the point was made earlier we, you know we spend so many hours working at an office or working as part of our uh, as part of our companies um it's absolutely right that our companies are responsible for for the health and happiness of their people and and i think you know it's those um it's those organizations who are who are purpose-led and who understand their role in looking after their people and and the planet that will outperform and I think that will shape their entire strategies not just their strategy around around real estate although that's clearly the thing that, that we've been looking at most closely
0: sustainability as well I, th- I think yeah for real estate is 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 a um a, a big topic it may be put on hold which should not really be put on hold sustainability everybody should be thinking about sustainability all the time, but have you got any tools that you're using to to measure that, uh, how sustainable you are at the moment?
2: yeah, absolutely. I mean, this goes through the 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 heart of our organisation. We've got a whole programme around building a better tomorrow, which is which is all around how we are achieving our own sustainable ambitions, and we've got our own commitments around net zero carbon, which we're which we're well on the you know which we're well on the on on route to deliver, and, and using those those same ambitions and the, the, those same approaches to then you know in turn support our clients around around net zero carbon. But it but it, but it's you know given our buildings account for forty percent of our emissions um you know there's there's an unbelievable level of detail and and data that we need to collect in order to make sure that we are you know fully fully addressing and offsetting that um it'll it'll go all the way through the the the, um the way you fit out your building the the way it's built in the first place where it's located and 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 uh, you know all all points in in between
0: yeah no that's that's amazing actually that you've got all these tools lined up to, to support with that that's brilliant
1: and sarah we've got a future podcast on this topic right
0: we do. We might ask for you to come back, <laughs> James. You can tell far, us all far, about, all far about people, it again. Far
2: better uh, qualified people than me than me to talk about this. <laughs> oh, but no. it's you know it's it, it it just it just feels like you know th- throughout the pandemic. Interestingly, throughout the pandemic, you know, uh, clearly one of the things that we haven't been doing is traveling. You know, we've not been traveling. Mm. We've not been catching mm. planes. Yeah. And, and what we've seen is an eight percent drop in 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 carbon emissions. Um, now we would need to maintain that for the next ten years in, in order to meet the the Paris Agreement one and a half degree drop that's needed in order to combat some of the some of the you know climate crisis. But but you know when we talk about what what our ways of working will be in the future, we've talked obviously quite heavily around the offices. But you know a huge part a huge part of you know working as part of a professional services firm is you know uh, traveling traveling regionally and globally. Uh, in order to have those those face-to-face moments that matter uh, mm. in order to collaborate and again uh you know that is going to be one of those old habits that I think will be will be challenged heavily and uh, we've seen uh hopefully proven to a lot of people again just how resilient and and just how much can be achieved by not having to step set foot on a plane and 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 not having to engage with people Face to face. I think we'll we'll all we'll all need to make sure that we're challenging ourselves not to see the same reliance on um, on uh, particularly air travel as as we as we had done previously, given it's such a huge contributor to uh, carbon emissions.
1: Thanks, James. Martin, let's bring you back in and let's wrap up. Um, great we, great conversation we just had. I mean, there's some real insights coming from James and JL in terms of the way they're changing their workforce uh, and the way they're looking at employees. What do you see the next? 18 months look like for you and, and your team.
3: Yeah, well I, I think first off just to you know James thanks for the I think thanks for the insights and I think what we what we can do, you know, we've spoken a lot about being collaborative and I think that's how that's how we learn and especially now, you know, Salesforce has always been um, a big advocate of getting customers speaking, and that's why we're doing, you know, these podcasts. But it's, you know, it's important because the insights which we're going to get from other people's experiences are going to help shape our future as well, you know. And so, you know, there is no crystal ball. Where is it, you know? And you know, I think as as team leaders, you know, we're looking at, you know, we are. How are we running? You know, everyone's talking about well being and and putting the employee and putting the team member first. But we're still running high performing teams. And so how do we how do we maintain that balance? And with with still that, you know, we've got to hit, we've got to hit targets, we've got to hit goals across it. And maybe the metrics change, but the outcome still needs to be the same. And I think that's going to be that's certainly going to be the next challenge. And I remember you know, when I started off When I started off the year, it was, you know, I had and I ran the team and we had this and we came up with these set of core behaviours. And a lot of them were um, purely outcome based of how many calls you're making, how many meetings you're attending. Well, obviously, the meetings went, but it's okay. then. So we'll put that number and we'll put it on and we'll put it on the calls number. So it's right. We need to be making this many calls or speaking to this many customers. But then as this has gone on, then you find, well, hang on a second. We can't keep talking to the same people about a different message because everyone's just getting everyone's getting zoomed out. And it's so we've got to find different ways of of one challenging each other and but maintaining those standards. So, you know, with it I think there's there's gonna be a constant evolution in this there's going to be a constant evolution in how we go back to the office how we operate as a team I think it's I think it's going to be vast and that's why without sitting on the fence too much it's that ability just to say okay then I'm planning I'm planning for the next 12 months because this is my best guess of what the next 12 months is going to look like I I can I can bet my life that my view now of what is going to look like in in 2022 is going to be completely it's going to be completely different to to the one i'm imagining now
0: kelly i thoroughly enjoyed that did you
1: yeah it was a great session sarah very informative from james and, and martin looking forward to what we've got lined up uh, in our future podcast sarah
0: i hope our listeners join us for the next one my name is sarah paul
1: i'm kovin Hari. this is blazing business trails
0: join us next time for our business services podcast brought to you by salesforce